Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on December 4th. Uh, Fingers crossed that still runs. It will be held at the Hampton Inn from 7 till 9 that evening and tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com. We have been reassured over and over again by the third party that sells the tickets that if we do need to cancel the event for COVID-related reasons, everything will be refunded in full, so there's no risk if you want to reserve your seat today. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute podcast shows. Uh, We pick a topic on spiritual and emotional and intuitive intelligence, and we give you those toolkits. The very first show runs, pardon me, all five shows run the very first week of every single month. The first show is free and it's available at the website by sarlo.com. The remaining four shows are available at the website patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. So Patreon is a paid membership if you haven't heard uh, just yet. It is our opportunity to connect with you on a much more personal level. There are tiers that are involved and have different benefits in each of the tiers. So based on the level of emotional intelligence that you're looking for um, or spiritual, you can join month to month with no further commitment. Um, We've got tons of tools all month long that roll out that you can interact with um, and jump out if it's not suiting you. So if you do want to check that out, it's patreon.com slash by Sarlo. Both Kelly and I have separate private practices. You are most welcome to book an appointment with either one of us by going to the website by sarlo.com and filling out a form. Um, we do sessions by telephone, Skype, Zoom, FaceApp, Theralink, FaceTime, or WhatsApp. What did I say? <laughs> called it FaceApp. <laughs> It sounds like a dirty swear word. (laughs) I I thought I was doing so well. (laughs) Okay. We do our sessions by telephone, Skype, FaceTime, Theralink, WhatsApp, and Zoom. And because of COVID, no in-person sessions. But a lot of people are asking if those sessions are as accurate as the ones we do long distance for people all over the world. Absolutely, they are. Our connection to the spirit world is not dependent on where you are or what you're wearing or what you're thinking. Okay. Good enough. Um, And last but not least, before we dive into the show, gift certificates are still available as well. So if you are looking to gift that to someone anywhere in the world, as you've heard, that is possible. If you're local, you can arrange for a contactless pickup. And if you are anywhere else in the world, we can do an e-certificate as soon as you wish. Um, You can contact us at the website by sarlo.com to request those. Okay. Well, Karen, good luck today. Well, I can't do two things at once. I, I was know. trying to take one of my shoes off as I was talking and put it to, to the side because it was clicking off of my foot, and that's when I messed up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I hear you. Sure it was. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to hop right into this one. Um, I got up one morning and went into the bathroom, just, you know. I love a story that starts with a bathroom. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I I walked into the washroom and I saw like a gray blob in the washroom, which is normal. Not unusual. (laughs) Yeah, that's just an energy, right? So there was just this gray mass that was standing there, gray or black. And 
I didn't think anything of it, so I just stepped into the washroom, turned to my right because that's where the sink and the mirror is. Excuse me. And then um, I'll say the, the grayish blob is a movement towards the mirror and then disappears once I fully turn around and I look into the mirror. It disappears. But what's in my mirror is me, so I can see my own reflection like I normally would. But also what I see is a man in the mirror looking at me. And I just thought, oh, well, that's what that blob was. So I wonder who, who this is. And he looks at me and he goes, hi. And I'm just looking at him and I'm thinking, oh, okay. You, you don't look familiar to me. You're not my family. You're not somebody that I know. I wonder who you are. And I noticed that he's got like um, I don't, a brush cut. Like, um, is that what you call that? Like when it's uh, shaved really close to the head and it's, you know, you see those men and they kind of go like, like they, they play with their hair and it's bristly. And it's not something I see very often anymore. So that kind of really stood out that he had that. And I noticed that he's got green eyes, really liked his eyes. And he's a husky man. He's got like a, a full face and a, a thick, you know, a thick, strong neck. And he's bigger shouldered. And he's got a white undershirt. And he goes, mm-hmm, white undershirt. And he's got a plaid shirt. Oh, Jesus, almost like what I'm wearing <laughs> right now with a plaid shirt on top. And he's got blue jeans on. How do I know he's wearing blue jeans? I have no idea. Because actually, if you think about it, you can't see the blue jeans in the mirror. I think it's cool, though, that you're illustrating how to see into oh. a different dimension. Okay. And how he's able to appear and stand in one. Yeah. Yeah, I just realized that. And like, and I want to describe that he's got thicker, like, thicker fingers. But again, I'm not seeing them, actually. Mm, you're talking about different senses, though. So you've talked about <sighs> sight and inner knowing. Yeah. And that they blend together. Mm -hmm. So... He just, he's looking at me in the mirror and I thought, okay, I wonder what he's going to say. And he goes, uh, hi, Karen. And I'm like, oh, hi. And he says, um, I'm going to my funeral today. How do I look? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cute, Kelly. And, and I looked at him and immediately my mind went back to when I was a child growing up in a funeral home thinking about my dad and Elwood and, you know, the funeral directors dressing the men up mm -hmm. for the caskets. And they were always put into suits. So I remember my dad, like, taking scissors and going up the back of the suit so that you could put the arms on each side of the dead person. And I don't know if they still do that or not, but he'd cut up the back of the suit and put them on and then do up the buttons up the front and stuff. Jody Martin, let us know. <laughs> yes, please do. And um, I remember just watching my dad do that, but it was always a suit. So I thought, well, I don't really know if you're dressed properly for a funeral in today's age. And he goes, oh, it's my funeral. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. So that's how they're dressing you for your funeral today? And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, because I always wore a white undershirt, a plaid shirt, and blue jeans. And he says, and I've asked for my feet to just be bare feet. Cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he doesn't show me that. He tells me about his bare feet. And he starts to change in front of me. So he shows me that look. And it's very vibrant. He looks healthy to me. And then all of a sudden, Kelly... He gets really thin, like really quickly, like um, 
time-lapse photography. Mm -hmm. But in the process of looking thinner, he still has his brush cut, which is interesting. You just see the face shape change. And what I see on his face are these markings, like, and on his neck. And he's, and I, I don't know how to say this, but to me, it appears as though it's skin cancer and different kinds of skin cancer. And his, and I'm just thinking this. And he says to me, mm hmm, cancer. Like he can read my mind. And I think, well, of course he can read my mind. He's dead. He's probably better than you are. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. He's dead better than I am at this. And he goes, yes, cancer. And I said, oh, geez. I said, how long, honey? And he goes, oh, he goes, this was for years. And I said, oh, I said, did you get, um, and he goes, and disappears. So like, I can't finish the conversation. He just disappears at that point. And so I thought, oh, okay. I wonder if that's for a client for today or tomorrow, or if that person is going to run into me at the mall or when I head out to the grocery store. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't know how to place this. Or is this just going to be one of those people that comes and visits and just disappears and I don't ever get to place, really? Because they're not all placeable. Mm -hmm. And so off he went and I did my business in the bathroom and put on my makeup and brushed my teeth and stuff. And actually I got into my day and saw a few clients and that was totally fine. And then around 11 o'clock, my client is late. And I had a mix up with names. There were several names that were the same or variations of the name all booked in one day. And I thought, and I was so trying to make sure that with all of the emails and all of the payments and mm -hmm. all of the methodologies of Zoom, FaceTime, who's sending the link, who's initiating, like that I was trying to make sure that I made every note right in my appointment book, as Zoom sent or Zoom will be sent to me, you know, FaceTime, client initiates call. Like there's all of these systems to make sure that we're spot on, right? So I was just looking at my book thinking, okay, this person is late and there's three of them. Did I make the mistake? Well, that's the people pleaser in me. Did I make the mistake? And I was to learn, no, in fact, my people pleaser could actually take a break, <laughs> take a time out. Mm -hmm. um, I was soon to learn that it was the client. And so I picked up the phone and I looked up her number in the phone, in my appointment book, and I called her because... It did say Zoom on the book, and I phoned her and I said, hi. Krista. Hi, Krista. I, it's Karen, and I said, we had an appointment booked for 11, and it's now 11.15 almost. And I said, um, um, you know, how, what, what's, can you let me know what's going on? And she was in a complete panic. And she goes, oh, why didn't I think of calling you? She goes, oh, my God. She goes, that would have been so simple at one minute after 11, right? And then she starts to laugh. And I'm just paying attention. I'm just, like, I'm listening. And she says, um, I had an appointment booked for you at 11 o'clock, and I'm 15 minutes into it. And she says, I really want my appointment. And she says, and I'm so sorry that I'm late, and I won't get my whole half hour. This isn't how I wanted this to go down today. I'll pay you for this half hour. And can we book an appointment for another half hour, and I'll pay you for that appointment? So she's mm -hmm. totally responsible. Um, 
I'll say as a, as a person and as a client, uh, valuing my professionalism and my time. And I said to her, okay. I said, Dom, if that's what you would like to do. And she said, could you start at 11.30? Do you have 11.30 today? And I happen to have 11.30. So I said, I do have that time for you. So she, so she took it. So we had a little break. And I said, but we have Zoom in the book. And I said, so what actually was the problem? And she goes, I don't know how to send an invitation in Zoom. And I said, why did you pick Zoom? I don't know. And I, we're having a lot of these experiences mm-hmm. right now. So I said, well, had you spoken up, I could have initiated and sent you the link to help you and walked you through it and called you to do that. And she goes, um, okay, I'm so sorry. And she's, and I said, what would you like to do? And she goes, um, I, I'm stressed out of my mind. She says, how about a telephone call? And I said, do you want to see each other? And she goes, no, I'm not going to ask you to do anything beyond what you've done to accommodate me. I'm going to take a phone call at 1130. I will call you. You will have your e-transfers. This will happen properly. Okay. But in all of that, Kelly, you can hear really high stress. Mm -hmm. But she's still managing. So at 1130, she, she telephoned right on time. And we went through consent. And then at the end of consent, I said to her, so what would you like today, Krista? And she goes... Um, just open. And so the spirit guides look at me and go, she does not want open like this. And I'm thinking, oh God, okay. Um, what, what, what does she want? And they're like, well, she wants medium, but we're going to start with open and we're going to do what we want because she's actually giving us permission. So we're going to take that And we want to address the people pleaser in her right off the bat because it's part of the reason that she has extremely high stress levels. So we want to talk about that. So I said, okay. And so I bring this up. I said, well, are you sure about an open session, Krista? And I said, are you sure you don't want to direct this in any way or that you have questions or that you had your own intention? Like, why did you book the call? Oh, just open. So she's got lots of opportunity to come forward here. And the guides and I are both making sure she's got her opportunity. And then I said to her, um, okay, I said, the guides are going to take this opportunity and they want to talk to you about people pleasing. And I'm not going to go into that right now in depth because that's not the point. Well, it is a point, but there's more to the story. So we talked about the people pleaser and she was really happy to get that information. She didn't shoot the messenger or um, dodge me. Mm-hmm. She just literally sat in it, even though she had another agenda and wasn't speaking of it. She was really, truly trying to get into the open and go, oh, shit, I actually need to hear this. And she, I'll say she flipped a switch and that she really allowed it to come in. And then the man in the mirror shows up and he goes, hi, Karen. And I looked at him and I went, oh, hi. And then it's like, oh, if you're showing up in this session, you're here for her. And he goes, mm-hmm, she's my daughter. What am I say? Like this. And I, I'm saying to him, yes, she is a mess. <laughs> she is in more than one way. But you told me you were dying, to, that you died and that you were going to your funeral today. 
And I said, so my client, Krista, is actually in double mess. She's a people pleaser. So that's a mess all on its own that's catastrophic. And then she's also just lost her dad. And then she couldn't figure out how to use Zoom. And then she was going to miss her appointment. So she's like in a freaking meltdown. And he went, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my word. Okay. And I said, so the guides took this as an opportunity to talk to her about her people placing. He goes, that's right, because she wants me. and She's not going to get her needs met again. Because she can't be bothered just to say she wants medium. My dad died. And I went, okay, do I bring this up? And he said, at this point, yes, please. So I said, Krista, I said, um, we're going to take a time out. I said, the guides don't want me to continue about the people pleasing. I said, um, they're telling me to go to medium and that your dad has passed. And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, I said, I want to tell you about my morning. And she goes, what? Because yeah, No one wants to hear about our morning. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't make Unless sense. Unless you're here. <laughs> right? <laughs> because... It's, it's like, that doesn't make sense to her. You just yeah. finally got to what I want. Now you're going to tell me about your morning? Mm -hmm. Like, boy, how narcissistic of you, Karen. And it's like, no, actually, your dad showed up in my bathroom as a black blob this morning and then showed up in my mirror to actually mm -hmm. give me some messages. But I, I just, I, I didn't really quite know how to handle that, honestly. So I just said to her, well, I said, there's relevance to... Um, who showed up in my bathroom this morning? And I said, and he has a wicked sense of humor. It's kind, it's not critical, but it's a good sense of humor. And she goes, oh yeah? What do you look like, this guy in your bathroom? <laughs> and so I said, oh, he has a brush cut and he had green eyes. And I said, he wears a white undershirt, plaid shirt and blue jeans and his funeral's today. And I said, and he says he's your dad. And she goes, and you can barely hear, yep, and then just absolute, mm -hmm. well, I remember the cry when your dad dies. I, when my dad died, I had the whole um, snot. Yeah, it's guttural. It was from the bottom of my belly, and I just remember sobbing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, under, I just so understand, excuse me. I just so understand how deep a heart can hurt. And I, you could really feel that hers was. And um, she says, um, yeah, I'd really like to hear from my dad. And I said, well, I said, he says that wherever you are, it's a rainy day, it's cloudy. And she starts to laugh. She goes, it is. And I said, and he says that he's going to be buried in, in the clothes he lived in. He doesn't want a freaking suit. And he just wants to be buried the way that he dressed each day. And she goes, that's right. That's how we're burying him. And I said, and uh, Krista, I said, um, that's how you're going to the funeral. I said, you're not getting dressed up in black. You're not putting on a dress or a skirt or dress pants or a coat. You're just going in your jeans and your T-shirt or your jammies or whatever you feel like when the time rolls around this afternoon to go to the service. That's what you're going to be wearing. And she goes, that's exactly what I'm doing. She says, I have no outfit laid out. She goes, right now I'm in my tracksuit, and that's the way I may go is in my tracksuit. 
And I said, uh, he's really happy that you're just being yourself and that you're just going um, dress casual just like him. It's just, it's just getting the relationship is real and it is what it is. And she said, thank you. She says, I'm uh, struggling with that because other people are going to expect me to be all dressed up. It's my dad. I should be in the receiving line. I'm not going to be in a receiving line. I'm going to sit where I want to sit. I'm going to talk to the people I want to talk to. And I said, oh my God, that's this whole conversation about the people pleaser then. I said, your dad says he's really proud of you and that this is one of your finest moments in breaking your pattern. And she goes, yeah, I guess so, eh? She says, did it fucking have to take me to exhaustion to get it? Often, yeah. Often it's it's the divorce or it's a death where people finally go, okay, something's got to give. And where we don't have an ounce of energy left in us. And it's at the bottom of that barrel that we care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we had a little chat about that, that it took that, it took that. And she goes, yeah. And you could hear in her voice, yeah, like, but almost like an unfinished, like, why? Like, why does it, why did I have to hit this? And her dad says to me, okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this. And I'm thinking, what? Why is he moving on? And he goes, "Um, I'm just going to give you some facts. And he says, my wife was there when I passed away. My daughter was present when I passed away. They were both sitting beside me. Say that. And I'm like, wow, what a shift in the the energy. And so I said, okay. I said, I'm just going to offer you some validations now from your dad. He says, you were there when he passed. Your mother was there when he passed. And, I, and then he tells me she's my ex-wife, separated. The mom. He says separated. So I wrote it down on the page. Not divorced yet, separated. And she says, that's correct. They're not divorced. They're separated. And I went, okay. And then he says, um, um, her, her mom has serious mental health issues mm. and has had for decades and has never gotten any help. And I said, oh, that's very difficult. And I said, oh, now I'm understanding what you're getting at. And he goes, right. So I was the fixer. And because I held things together when we were married, and and, and he doesn't go into detail. He just says that he's the fixer when his wife struggles with mental health issues. That's how it's worded. He says, I go into fixed mode and I try to gauge my wife's moods and shifts and her behaviors. And I coach my children as to get out of the way, stay in your room, um, stay at a friend's this evening. Um, or if you're home, this is what you will do or say, get up, do the dishes. Um, I will go over and uh, or I will do the cooking. Like he manages the family he thinks so well and realizes later on as they're teenagers that he can't hold it together anymore and that he's exhausted and that he just doesn't want to hold it together anymore. And he also comes to realize it's not my job to hold it together anymore. But by this point, Kelly, he's been sick himself for a long time. 
And he says to me, I've been sick for a long time, Karen. And he says, "Um, I didn't get help either. Oh, wow. And I went, what? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I, I'm, I'm a man. He goes, I, I, and I'm like, you're a man. What does that mean? He goes, no, I, I'm a man. I didn't, I just didn't believe in going to a doctor. I just, I just believe that you toughed it out. And, and he goes, and so I just toughed it out. And, and because you do that, you just continue to do that. And I said, so you're actually the same as your wife. And he goes, what? And I said, so have you learned yet since you've died that you and your wife are two peas in a pod? And he goes, ouch. And I said, well, you just said that she had mental health issues but refused help. You And, and they created the codependency. Mm-hmm. And then you got sick, just a different kind of sick. You got physically. She got mentally. Sick as sick. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes, well, I didn't see sick as sick. He goes, and I said, well, yeah, you did. Yeah, don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. You did. And he goes, oh, shit. He goes, so when you're dead, you can't lie. And I went, that's correct. So I said to him, so both of you were sick. Both of you wouldn't get help. And you, so you raised your children to people, please, both parents, ultimately. But he thinks that he's raising them to keep the peace so that his wife's mental health doesn't flare up. So if she's not going to get help, then I'm all she's got. So I'll try and figure out how to manage this. And I said, no, no, you didn't. I said, don't tell me that. I said, you didn't read a single book. So- <laughs> you didn't go to therapy. You didn't get an education at a university in psychology. You didn't do anything. You just did what you wanted to, to manage it in the moment. Whether it was that it was hurtful to the kids or hurtful to your wife. Mm. No, no, nay, nay. (laughs) No, you didn't. And he goes, and you can see where he's struggling. And so I said to Krista, I said, your dad's here today because he's coming to some understandings that the reason that you Just now. (laughs) I needed a minute (laughs) I just thought, as I didn't think about that when that was happening. I, that's good, Kelly. Thanks. Uh, so I said, Krista. <laughs> yeah, Karen processing. I said, Krista, I said, your dad didn't understand how much damage he was doing to you. And oh my goodness, you could just hear the crying start all over again mm-hmm. because she has come to realize it. She is starting to see it. She's starting to feel anger since he's died. And he's told me he's only been passed for three days. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's going into her anger with him that you've left me with mom. And, and, and in her mind, because it's mental health and because dad was trying to fix mental health and ignore his own physical health, he made it look like mental health issues were worse than physical. Mm. He tried to make it look like mom's the problem. Not me. We'll focus on mom's issues. And yet he's the one that actually dies. So his daughter, Krista, is freaking in a rage Mm -hmm. because she's got this belief system that's not healthy about mental and physical health being imbalanced, which is not true. And she's got this idea that now I'm left with mom. Left 
with the person with the mental health issues left. Like that's the biggest punishment. Well, yeah, based on her unhealthy belief system, because if he's the manager and he's never given them actual tools, healthy tools, then how do you manage? Oh, yeah. So you would feel left with someone. Yeah. It's it's this foreign thing that he's sort of shooed everyone away from mm-hmm. to say I'll, I'll I'll manage you go to the peripheral. And can you imagine being her the mom? No. Can you imagine having mental health issues no, and like having a, a husband that's managing everybody around you Mm-mm. so that there's a false sense, false sense of that your issues aren't as bad as they are. So you're being gaslit on top of the fact that you have mental health issues where you actually do need help. Yep, and so your partner's not saying flat out, no, we actually have to get into a healthy reality. Instead, he participates in creating an unhealthy reality for everyone. And then, in, in Krista's opinion, does the worst thing possible, dies. Yes. Leaves it to her to figure out. Well, yeah, it's the ultimate unfixable thing. Yeah. So I said to him, what do you want to tell her? So he says, it's time to get help. To his daughter. For her to get help. So that she can understand how they've raised her. So that she can understand where all the people-pleasing is coming from where all of this unhealthy bonding has come from, the bonding to him that's not healthy because he was the fixer parent, all of it, how to, how to support her mom properly, how to have boundaries with her mom, which she's never learned about. She's never learned that she should set boundaries. It was always in what's happening with mom and respond to instead of what are your boundaries around something? What do you think? What are your needs? She needs somebody to help her with all of that so that she can actually go forward with her mom for the rest of their lives and get better. Mm -hmm. And if her mom chooses to get help as a result of seeing her daughter going through that, great. And if not, then at least the daughter knows what her own path is and how to be healthy in it. So what a wonderful... I think what a remarkable thing to hear on the day that your dad is um, going to be buried is a, a marked day. You know, often the day of the death and the day of the funeral are the two big days that we remember, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it was quite remarkable and loving and beautiful and responsible. Yeah, that he and the, and I really want to stress responsible that he came through for his daughter to say the truth of what he had done, who he was, how they, how he had participated in creating a story around mental health and a story around her mother, because her mother isn't just mental health issues mm-hmm. that need to be managed. And that was that was her session. That that was half an hour. It's efficient. I think I think so. An and efficient bathroom visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and and you know what, Kelly? Like I'm, I, I'm like I was really looking forward to at the end of the day dancing with him in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That like what a wonderful, what a wonderful happy dance with the spirit world that he got to do all of that on the day of his funeral. Yeah, that that's a big day. Yeah, yeah, and I'm so elated. I am so delighted. I. I <laughs> She's spinning the emotional wheel in her head. (laughs) (laughs) And my heart. (laughs) Um, So joyful that that I got to participate. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to get hired by a funeral home or hired by an organization to go into an environment to provide a service. She sought this out on the day of her dad's funeral. And there are religious and cultural belief systems that say that's too soon, or mediums are liars, they're cheats, they're frauds, be skeptical. Mm-hmm. And this is what can occur right before her dad's funeral, where she can go there and know that there is a healthy plan ahead for her. Yeah, that she can keep learning about him, about herself, and that he'll be there to see the growth and change. Mm-hmm. He, he'd said too, he said, tell her that when she goes to the funeral this afternoon that I'm going to get into the truck and that I have to get into the front seat and like squeeze myself into the front seat of the truck. And she started laughing. And I said, She's, he's telling me that there is a back seat to the truck, which I don't know. I guess some trucks have and don't have. Right. But she says there, there are back seats to hers, but that they're full of sports gear and work-oriented equipment, and that because it's so jam-packed, he has to get into the front, but that there will be other people in the front seat, and so he has to squish himself in amongst her family, his family, to get to his funeral with them. <laughs> and I said, is that correct? you have a truck? And she goes, I sure do. I said, is that, is that true about it having a back seat and it's just jam-packed? She goes, sure is. She goes, plus garbage. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cute. She says, is that ever a nice thought, Karen? She says that um, when I go to get into the truck with my family today, that dad's (laughs) going to be jammed in there with us. She goes, you know what? That's actually going to make me smile. Mm -hmm. And I think back to my own dad's funeral. Eh, I'm not certain that I thought I had a reason to smile at that point. It's hard to figure out that you can smile when you're going to your dad's funeral. So he came in. And managed, managed to to get in that joyful moment and also give some truthful, important messages. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I I um I wish sometimes I could meet the clients, but because of not just because of COVID. Because that would just be serving the purpose for local people, and that's not even the bulk of our clientele. It's mm-hmm. global. I, I look forward to when I'm dead someday, and I actually do get to meet all of these spirits. But not the. I don't want to say this, that I don't want to meet the human. <laughs> I don't want this to come out wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> well, you did. It's, but how cool will your day be when, mm-hmm. it, like... You'll be hopefully in attendance at your own funeral to see the humans whose lives you've touched and left behind, and then greeted by all of these yeah. people's people on the other side whose yeah. lives you bridged 
Yeah. When they couldn't. I thought about that when Sylvia Brown died. Mm-hmm. I remembered seeing her in Toronto live with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she passed away, I just went to bed the day I found out that she had passed that day. And I thought, wow, that has got to be quite the experience for her to cross over and meet all those souls she's channeled. Mm-hmm. Like just what an extraordinary experience. Anyway, I look forward to meeting her dad in my kitchen and when I die. <laughs> and in the mirror, if he chooses to come back. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. Okay, so if you guys have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at If you have a moment today before you move on uh, to your, your daily tasks, if you can hit subscribe wherever you're listening from, that really means the world to us so we can have a bigger reach with these stories uh, and our business. So thank you in advance for that. As well, if you're wanting to check out patreon.com backslash buysarlo, that's where we've got all of our tools for emotional and intuitive intelligence. Um, other than that, we hope you have a beautiful Beautiful weekend, and we will have a new show out for you next week.